Welcome to Gratitude, the grad school guide for student physical therapists. I'm Sarah. And I'm Gabby. And we are two first-year physical therapy students sharing our grad school experiences to help PT students around the world. Embark on this journey with us as we navigate through the insanity of physical therapy school together. Are you struggling financially in PT school? Are you a PT student struggling to find scholarships? Not enough scholarships offered at your school. We have started the Gratitude Scholarship for PT students, no matter what year, no matter what school you guys can apply. We are raising $5,000. You can check out our GoFundMe link in the description and you can donate, apply, whatever, check it out. We are so excited to be giving this away in the summer of 2019 for our very first time. If you're enrolled in the summer of 2019, interested in applying for the scholarship, you can submit a video no longer than two minutes answering these two questions. What is your vision of physical therapy in the future? And what are you doing outside of the classroom as a PT student? If you answer these two questions and email us the video and submit it before May 1st, then you will be eligible for the scholarship. So check it out, guys. Definitely worth applying. It doesn't take long. We look forward to hearing all your submissions. Thank you. All right. Welcome back, guys, to another episode of Gratitude. Today, we have a very special guest. We have Doc Jen. Welcome, Doc Jen. Hi, guys. Excited to be on with you. Yes, we're so excited to have you on. And so we just want to know, first of all, what are you up to right now in like your PT world? In my PT world? Um, you know, my PT world has quite shifted, as you guys probably can see. And so I'm only treating clients one day a week. And I am really focusing on how I can empower other people to tap into their own body with just using tools that I utilize. So I'm really at this moment seeing how I can reach people on a bigger scale, even more than I already do through social media and how can I empower people back into their own bodies. That's amazing, yeah. And when did you graduate from school again? I graduated in June, 2015. Oh, so it's only been like three years, what? Years, yeah. That's oh crazy. A lot can happen in a short amount of time. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. So what was um, your journey to PT school? Um, kind of what made you interested and um, what PT school did you end up attending? So, you know, for me, I just was always fascinated by the body. I loved continuing to learn about human movement. I taught gymnastics and was like, but why am I taping an ankle? And there's gotta be more. And I knew that going from high school to undergrad, I wanted to do kinesiology only because I loved the study of human movement. I continue to ask those questions of why and what's happening. I loved anatomy, I loved biology. So for me, it was like, it made sense that that was where I was gonna go. I didn't know specifically that I was gonna go into physical therapy at the time, but as I continued to you know, help with gymnastics. I got into Pilates and I started to teach Pilates. And the more I got into movement, I knew that it was more than just like movement practices that I wanted to be involved with, but I wanted to know more behind movement. So I started to intern at a physical therapy clinic as an aide. And I loved 
watching a physical therapist watch movement. I loved watching them feel movement. And I always like, what are they watching? And what are they doing? What are they feeling? And so I became obsessive with wanting to know more, wanting to know why. And so that's when I determined, okay, I'm going to go to physical therapy school. There was people around me who it was taking years to get in. It was, it was, you know, and there's tons of loans. There's all these issues around it. And I was like, whatever. F all that. It doesn't matter. This is what I want to do. This is what I got to do to do it. I'm getting in. And I got in my first try, luckily, and went to Loma Linda University in Southern California. And from there, I continued to learn and continue to keep my, my eyes open and my mind open to other possibilities of what I could do within this field and continue to help other people. That's so amazing. And you were saying that it's been kind of a little bit of a break from undergrad to grad school, or what was that transition for you? Um, from undergrad, I did have to finish up some prereqs. So unfortunately at the college I was at, there wasn't prereqs from kinesiology straight into physical therapy school. So I took about a year and a half of finishing up my prereqs to get into physical therapy school. Um, but I didn't really officially take a break. That was still, I during that time of taking prereqs and everything, I continued to take biomechanics classes. So I was in with like graduate students and other people because I just, I was obsessed with my biomechanics teacher, first of all. He was amazing because his way of teaching was more about discussion. Like, let's talk about the IT band. What if you did this? What if you did that? And it was more of a discussion-based class. So I just continued to take courses with, so I was with um, a lot of biomechanics students in graduates. I was with um, athletic trainers as graduates, just continuing to take courses and learn because I, I loved learning about it. And so that was like kind of my break, I guess you could say. Um, and I also continued to stay at the undergraduate school that at, that, at my college rather than graduating and going to a junior college because I had so many friends who graduated undergrad, went to a junior college and couldn't get the, cl the classes that they needed for prereqs because it was like, once you have your four-year degree, you're at the bottom of the bottom trying to get courses, trying to get classes so you can go into grad school. So I just continued to be a super senior and take courses that I wanted to take and it all worked out and I got into physical therapy school. And for me, loans, it, does it suck that you have loans? Yeah, but that's just, it's a part of it. And if this is really what you want to do, unfortunately, it does at this time come with a lot of loans, unless you have the money <laughs> and unless you can get a scholarship as well, which I know is hard to do for graduate level. And, and you know, you don't focus on the negative of it. You focus on what are you going to get out of it and how do you really want to help people? Oh yeah, no, for sure. That, that's so amazing. And we can all you know, say, yeah, having loans is not the best. Um, but like you said, it's all worth it in the end. And it's what we're passionate about and what we want to do. Um, so I know you mentioned earlier that um, you taught Pilates, correct? Mm -hmm. And was this was in grad school. Yeah, it was like undergrad into grad school. Into grad school. Yeah. So how did that um, kind of help you, you know, with that transition into PT school? And since you had that background, like going through school as well? I think it helped a lot. I mean, coming from a gymnastics background, that's what I had. I didn't really know typical exercise. I, don't, I didn't really know how to go into a gym and lift weights. So Pilates came easy for me because it was just move your own body. So I gravitated naturally toward that as well. 
because it reminded me so much of gymnastics type of workouts and conditioning and all of that. And so for me, it, and especially when I started to learn how to teach Pilates, that was a whole different level because I can move my body. I can hold my body. I can be strong. But when someone would teach me all these little stabilizing muscles, I had no idea about it like blew my mind. I remember after getting like really diving deep into how to teach Pilates and what my own body was doing with movements, I went into a yoga class, which used to be super easy for me because I'm bending and I'm flexible and whatever. But when I actually started to focus on what my body was doing and why I'm in these positions and how I'm holding, it was like a whole new level of like, whoa, like I walked out actually being sore from a yoga class because I, I learned how to actually use my body. So I think I did have an advantage in that way and even more so, having a kinesiology background helped a lot. I did take classes that were pertinent to PNF. I took classes that you know were pertinent to biomechanics. So even though I didn't necessarily have the prereqs like chemistry and physics and anatomy and, and all that, like I mean, I did have anatomy, but I didn't have these basic prereqs that honestly you're never going to use in physical therapy. It's it's kind of ridiculous we even need them. Um, I had so much other background that I'm blessed to have had because I had such a better understanding of the body and how to actually work with people. And then I continued to surround myself with people who did workouts in different, in different kind of areas. So our lunch breaks during grad school, I, there was another Escare actually at um, my school, which is crazy. I've never met another Escare until I went to grad school. And he, I mean, we literally had this brother-sister relationship. Like we would bicker, we would fight, but we'd also were obsessed with working out. And so he would like really teach me how to use weights and work out. And I would teach him Pilates and all of that. And we mixed up workouts every single day at lunch. And whoever wanted to join us could join us. But we were kind of like the Escare brother-sister workout team during lunch. And it was great because it continued to expand my mind. What else is out there? How can I move my body? How can I continue to learn? And so I really feel like because I did the work myself, I, I had the opportunity to learn and grow. And you really have to dive in deeper than just what physical therapy school will give you in order to learn how to how to move efficiently and effectively, how to create workouts, how to create programming beyond just corrective exercises and mobility. And then actually, you know, how to help humans rather than just how to diagnose. That's so important. And I think more people should definitely understand that, like helping humans instead of just doing an eval and saying, this is probably what you have. Yeah. But also, were you guys actually related? That's so funny that you... <laughs> he was like trying to go down like the line somehow, somewhere. I'm sure we're related because we really had like a genuine brother-sister connection. And I'm, I mean, still involved with his family, love. It's, it's just so crazy. So crazy how we were both like super athletic, super like studied the same way. It, it was, it was crazy, but who knows? Somewhere down the road, I'm sure we're connected. That's so funny. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, and so you were doing Pilates in undergrad and you were teaching in grad school. And what inspired you to actually start your social media? So social media kind of happened by chance. Um, I was in grad school and I would post my workouts that I would do outside, which was mostly like still keeping up with some of my gymnastics conditioning. So making sure I could still do pull-ups on the bars and pull pullovers and all the other stuff. 
And I remember I would tag a lot of calisthenic pages. So at the time, four and a half years ago, the pages that were really big was progressive calisthenics, bar stars, stuff like that. And one of them ended up reaching out to me through Instagram and said, hey, we all meet up in Venice. You should come out and train with us, which Venice was like an hour and a half away. But I started to do that. So on Sundays, it was at least once a month, if not twice a month. On Sundays, I would go down to the beach and I started to train with these guys in calisthenics, which is just essentially like ugly gymnastics on the bars. But it was really fun. The community was absolutely epic, amazing. I remember going for my first time and I'm sitting on the wooden beam on the beach, which is amazing. And one by one, the guys are going by and introducing themselves. And, and then they're, the way that they were helping each other, like it wasn't a competition type of place. It was like a, let's help each other all learn. Let's help each other all grow. Let's help each other play and expand and see what our bodies can do. And so because of that environment, I just fell in love. And so I started to go all the time and, and, you know, physical therapy school, yeah, it's tough, but also give yourself time to play, give yourself time to, to enjoy life still. I mean, there's so many people in my class who stress themselves out to the point of getting sick, to the point of like getting diseases. And it's, it's not worth it. Like your health is way more important. It's okay. If you get a B, you're still going to pass. <laughs> So that's kind of the mindset that I started to go off. Like, this makes me happy. This is fun. I'm learning. I'm meeting new people. I started competing and they started posting me. And because they started posting me, my Instagram started to grow. And then I started to meet other people in the movement community. And I started to go to events and I started to just, and I started to meet yogis and I started, so it just, it continued to grow and expand and it was a hobby. And I realized that people were coming to my page and following me because they wanted to see my journey. They wanted to be inspired by what I was doing with my body. So it meant so much to me to be able to inspire people in that way. And so it was a hobby. It was a hobby on the side of of physical therapy school that I totally had no intention of it ever blowing up or doing anything. But through that, I connected with Mao Detox. Uh, so I connected with Vinny Rehab and went up to Toronto. I think it was like shortly after I graduated and learned Mao Detox and everything. And, and he asked me if we open in LA, would you want to run LA? And I was like, yeah, let's do it. And then he inspired me to say, okay, because he was like, well, what are you doing with your social media now? And this is right when I graduated. And I was like, well, nothing, because I don't care about it. I was, that was fun on the side of physical therapy school, but now I'm a physical therapist and that's all my focus. I want to become the best physical therapist. I just want to learn. I want to help people as much as I can. He said, well, why don't you start doing what I'm doing, which was the anatomy photo next to the video and just start pushing because that's was my other complaint was people don't know I'm actually a doctor of physical therapy now they just think like oh look what she can do with her body so he inspired me to start posting education and I was like I don't know how it'll do people follow me for fitness but I did so I took a leap of faith and just started to post videos and it started to get a lot of traction way more traction than my fitness videos were doing in my workout videos and the more that I saw people gravitating toward education, the more I wanted to do. And granted also being a new grad, a lot of times you come out of school, I don't know anything. What information do I have to share? I shouldn't share, like all, all these things, right? That we can continue to tell ourselves over and over again of what you're not good enough yet. And I 
had other people that I was following on social media that I looked up to as a physical therapist, that I looked up to as a chiropractor. And again, I didn't want to be judged. So it was a scary thing for me to transition into educating based on the body, feeling like I yet didn't have the information. But what inspired me, and because at the moment I put out the first video that I thought was super basic, I thought everyone knows this already. People didn't know it. So I realized even though I'm still learning and that's okay, I can be on the journey of continued learning. There's still information that of course I know about the body, I've been in school forever now, that I can start to push and educate on. And if I'm wrong down the road, I'm wrong and I learn and I adjust. But people can still get value out of what I think is the little information that I know right now. And so the more that I focused in on that, and the more that I focused in on pushing what I do know right now and overcoming my fears of judgment, of what if I'm not good enough? What if people think poorly of me? And I just continued to push into what I, what I could genuinely offer people, the more it continued to grow. And I've only become closer to my mentors. I've only, I mean, it's, it's expanded everything for me. And I've been able to help way more people than I ever imagined possible. That's an incredible story. And um, I know you just touched on it, mentorship and how important that is to find a mentor during PT school. And, you know, even after PT school, because I feel like that can leverage you in so many ways, like you just said. And um, once you have that, so many opportunities can open up like what happened to you, which is amazing. Yeah, yeah. I, I really encourage anyone to just, you know, just go out and do it and you'll learn along the way. If you hold yourself based on fear of failure, based on fear of judgment, like what good is that doing for anyone? It doesn't help yourself. It doesn't help other people. So why not just try? Yeah, I think more students need to understand that. <laughs> and PTs, but in general, because it's so scary to put yourself out there, but by not worrying about what other people are thinking, and like you said, knowing that it is a journey and if you mess up it's okay you move on from there and you know more than you think you know exactly exactly yeah i'm transitioning um like you said once your instagram started getting a following and i know people who are listening uh they probably are familiar with the mobility method and so if you can um, tell us more about that and how um, you got started and where it is today yeah so the mobility method is really it was kind of born out of wanting to give people more information. So I came to a point where I left my job at the clinic and I was working with people one-on-one -on -one and that was amazing and awesome and building up. But also I realized, you know, who's actually seeing my videos on Instagram? Algorithms are changing all the time. And what is a one minute video really giving to people? So I realized there's more that I feel like I want to give. And if Instagram goes away, like what do I, what do I have that I actually provided people? So it was out of wanting to give more, wanting to provide more, wanting to say, how can I help on a bigger level, on a bigger scale? And so, and I also realized when I mostly posted about injuries, I would start with the mobility aspect of it, going to corrective exercises and then strength and skill. And that's kind of how I moved through my week. And the videos that always did better were mobility videos. People love to see how my mobility was. And, and I get it because I am a more mobile person. And so people want to see how that's working. 
And so I asked my audience and I said, if I were to give you anything, what would it be? And everyone said mobility. I already knew that this is what people wanted more of, but I asked and that's what they wanted to know. And it also felt perfectly in alignment for me because like I said, I would start with mobility and then go into other aspects down the road. But if you don't have this foundational aspect and how are you building on strength? How are you building on corrective exercises if you don't have the foundation set? And most of us don't have that foundation in some way, shape or form based on sitting at chairs, sitting at desks, sitting like our culture is sitting, our culture is not moving, not getting down on the ground, not doing enough into our bodies. So realizing that we probably don't even realize where restrictions are within our body, let alone how to get into them. So it became something of like, okay, this is what I'm going to provide people. And I'm going to give a toolbox because I also don't believe in like a 12-step program or whatever it may be to get people into mobility because where one person needs to start is different where another person needs to start. So realizing and teaching people truly, your body is unique. You have to dive in and do the work to understand your own body. This is why people go to see a physical therapist because your body is unique and you need own, your own personal program in order for success. It's not just like, let me Google what I need for rotator cuff and, and see what exercises will help. You know, it's based on, let me see where my body is not working well right now and what I can dive into to allow that to work better. So, and really teaching what mobility is, passive versus active, actually getting back into the body, making it functional, making it work. And so I created a program that has a self-assessment, 26 different movement exercises to go through, really find and assess in the body. And then a toolbox of just so many videos. I mean, there's over 60 videos of exercises and they're educational. And they're only two to five minutes long so that my intention is people watch it, learn it, and then can just put it into their day without having to watch the video back. And honestly, for some people, it doesn't work because they want their handheld. They want to know what is the one stretch for my back pain? What is the one stretch for my shoulder pain? Rather than actually observing and, and, and finding what else could be restricted in their body that is actually leading to this pain. So it's, it's, it's a great education. I have PTs in it, chiros in it, massage therapists, personal trainers who use it for their clients as well. So it's also... Like if people want to learn my foundational method, it's a great way to just learn and be able to see what I'm using in these techniques and these exercises. And for everyday average people, it's also a very easy platform to just be able to start learning about your body. And that's what I've created is a place for people to learn about their body. Yeah, and Gabby, you were actually, you did the mobility method for a little bit, right? I did, yes. Actually, it was this time, this time last year. Uh, I think that's when I saw it on your page. And, um, and so I was actually telling my friends earlier today because they were living with me and I would show them the videos and we, we would go through them. Um, yeah. And so this was after, um, yeah, this was around this time last year. I still remember it, but yeah, it's great. I absolutely loved it. And for me, like I was training for, um, a 10 K and so I was, I just needed that uh, mobility and it, it helped me so much. Aww, so yay. I thank you for that. So happy. <laughs> yeah. I love. Awesome. Yeah. And I was looking at it too. I didn't, I didn't um, 
purchased anything yet, but it looked really, really helpful. And from what I have heard from other people who have also tried it from Gabby and from some different classmates, it's amazing. I think that there's just something to people trying different motions and like actually listening to their body. And like you said, not confusing their Google search with your physical therapy degree. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's been a journey to see what people are really gravitating toward. And like I said, some people are not going to get it because they do want, you know, tell me the one thing that's going to work. And I just, I, I can't get behind it because I don't believe in that. Our body's unique. Our body's different. You can have the same diagnosis, the same symptoms. It doesn't mean anything. You've got to find the cause. Yeah, so true. And I think that's really obvious. I mean, as a first year, because we have cadaver lab and everything, you don't really think about it until you see on different bodies, like how many anomalies there are and how everyone's different, even though the textbook might say this should work. Right. Doesn't always. Exactly. And that's, it, it's so true. And when you really start to work with humans, you guys will start to find out too. There's a lot of stuff going up here. <laughs> That is actually relating to a lot of pain and symptoms and problems as well. Definitely, for sure. The, the mind, the brain, if, you know, a podcast can't see what my finger was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, so what is one thing, I guess, you know, going through PT school, if there's one piece of advice you would give or one thing you wish you would have learned in PT school the overall? One thing I, wish I would have done is to continue to take courses outside. So weekend courses for certifications or not certifications or whatever, learning from chiropractors, learning from PTs, but continuing to learn the newer techniques that are coming out now that are not gonna be on your boards, that are not gonna be taught in school because there's so much out there and you will gain a lot more confidence as well when you continue to, to learn different techniques, to learn how to expand, expand your mind beyond what you're just learning in school. Uh, what you learn in school is great. You learn how to pass boards. You learn how to diagnose. You learn how to not kill someone. Great. <laughs> but now how do you actually help a human? And so continuing to take courses. I mean, I take courses in ICPT or Cairo students in them all the time. And I'm like, you're so smart. You're so smart. I didn't do that. I was playing on bars. But, <laughs> you know, so continuing to just go out and, and learn and take courses and be okay to like expand the mind and learn from anyone. I learn from personal trainers. I learn from yogis. I learn from chiropractors. I learn from acupuncturists. It doesn't matter if you're trying to help a human, you're helping a human and that's it. Some of the top courses that I can recommend right now would be SFMA, I think is a great one just to get a whole like body screening and understand that one as a physical therapy student. Um, I would also recommend I think some of the courses in PRI are great because it's going to help you expand your mind into a way that's like, whoa, know that not all bodies have to fall into this program that they create, but understanding the concepts behind it is great. Rock Tape offers some great courses. Um, what else do I like that's out there? Um, if I think of any more, I'll tell you guys, but, but there's, there's just so many. FRC is a very basic one. Great to learn concepts. It's just, you know, PNF on steroids. I might get in trouble for saying that. Um, and, and there's, there's, there's just a lot out there and continuing to learn, continuing to expand the mind is awesome. Takes breath work classes too. Breath work classes are huge. Take pelvic floor classes. Pelvic floor is huge, whether you're a man or a woman um, and continue to learn. 
Yeah, so valuable. And what do you think was the biggest piece of advice that you received before PT school that was most helpful? Hmm. I don't know what I received, honestly, before PT school. That was super helpful. Um, but I know right when I was in my last year of physical therapy school, I met a chiropractor who was treating clients on her own, working out of her own home with her table, with her tools, looking like a physical therapist, barely did any manipulations or adjustments, soft tissue was movement, it was breath. And she taught me to think outside of the box. How can I actually help people without having to stay in the box that they teach you at, at physical therapy school? How can I actually treat people outside of the norm? And how can I help people the way I want to help them? Not the way a clinic tells me I need to, not the way a hospital tells me I need to. And she really taught me that. And so super valuable to be able to open the mindset, listen to podcasts, listen to books, and know that whatever you want to create, whatever you want to do, it's possible. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Because I think now, I mean, just hearing from so many, so many guests that we've had on the podcast so far, what we learn in PT school, it's just, like you said, it feels like almost you're, you're in this box. You have to abide by, you, you know, you learn, like you said, diagnose, assess, and then you take the boards. But we need so much more than that. I'm, I'm honestly looking forward to taking additional classes to, you know, help my future patients because we're going we're gonna to need that. Uh, it's going to be for, for our patients and then also for us too. Yeah, definitely. And I think what you guys are doing already is out of the box and amazing. And so I salute both of you for being able to, you know, do something that might be even a little scary. Like, how are people going to receive this? What's a podcast? Should my voice be heard? You know, we can all go through these little like doubts in our mind, but continuing to work through that and break open of the fear is amazing. And a lot you learn with, with clients as well is resetting language for them. Your back's not exploding. Your knee is not like coming apart. It's not cracking. So learning like little mindset tricks and continuing to work on that for yourself so that you can work on it for other people. Yeah. And I think the mindset tricks are super helpful. And I think that is very much neglected in general. Um, I think that a lot of people with chronic pain can be helped most with that, especially. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of things coming from the brain that we don't even realize. Yeah, so true. That was all the questions that we had. Do you feel like we missed anything or anything else that you would like to talk about? Um, I mean, I'm always running free challenges. So if anyone wants to hop over and do the free challenge. Um, Ooh, what do you have right now? Um, in January, starting for the new year, it's going to be some HIIT workouts and some mobility flows. The HIIT workouts, I always do a little bit, just very different exercises. I'm trying to hit all planes of motion. I'm trying to expand what you think about exercising and about the function of your body and what it can actually do. Uh, so getting people to think differently about the body, move differently, and continue to reset the mind. So there's always prizes involved for every challenge I do as well. So hop in at any time. Oh, we are doing it. <laughs> now Count us in. <laughs> Count us in. We are, we are going to do it. Yay. <laughs> I'm so excited. Oh, can't wait. Yes. Do you have, I was going to say, do you have any questions for us? <laughs> Turn the tables on you. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think you're not getting out of physical therapy school right now that you wish you were? Oh, I like this question. Okay. So only being at the end of my second semester, I'm actually going into clinic um, in the spring for seven weeks, half day. 
And so for me, I am just looking to expand my knowledge when it comes to other exercises. And like you said, I just don't want to be stuck in this box. And right now I'm like learning from so many people. Um, but then also I think it's so important um, to learn business and marketing in our profession. Cause I feel like that's, you know, people don't want to do that. They just want to treat and that's, that's totally fine. Um, but I think in our day and age, like you have to look into that and have to do, you know, personal development. So I think for me, I wish there is more business and marketing focused classes. Yeah, I would agree. I don't know about other PT school programs because Gabby and I are, are in different ones. And although ours don't have the business and marketing, I don't know, maybe others do now, but I would agree. Definitely. That would be the biggest thing. And, you know, having like multiple professions and talking to everybody yeah. who is helping humans. It's not just PTs. It's not just PTAs, um, but really like, working together as a whole to help people move better and improve movement. Yeah, I agree. I think that would be awesome. Yeah, that's the biggest thing. And I think just using technology to your advantage is also, I guess that kind of goes with marketing, but like being technologically competent (laughs) would be super, super helpful, I think, for a lot of PD students. In this day and age, it's needed. Yeah, exactly. Definitely. Yeah, I agree for sure. And I think now, I mean, I know people have it, but they have more of like online, I guess it's more of telehealth maybe. I don't know Mm -hmm. if that's becoming a big thing um, in PT. I've heard a little bit about it. I don't know, Jen, if you've heard um, more about it. You know, I think it's very state dependent. You still have to be very careful with legal legal issues and insurance-based things. I've completely stepped out of the insurance world because had zero desire to be mm-hmm. in it. Zero. So it, it just depends um, on how you want to still treat patients. I mean, and with that, you're still trading time for money. So if you can figure out a way to also be helping people at the same time of like you not having to be on it as often, I'm still treating clients in person too. So it's something I'm still doing, but also I'm I'm allowing people to discover it on their own and dive in on their own. So I do have that passive stream So really the reality with health insurance is that all they know is this is the pain and problem. And so you can only, you need to show why you're working at this specific area, documentation based on this specific area. And it's very, there's a lot that you have to show why it's, why you're working around here. If you start, if it's a hip issue and you start working at the foot or something, they don't understand that. It's not going to make sense and they're gonna question it. And so they can question whatever they want to and make it harder to get reimbursement. Um, I know some insurances are better, so there are there's, there's ways to work with it that actually helps and you can make money, more money than you probably could just paying someone or asking someone to pay, but at the same time, it's a little bit of a headache and you kind of have to have someone else manage it, which is why in a clinic setting, someone else is completely managing all of that kind of stuff. Um, the reason I like to go cash base is because I don't have to deal with that. I do have clients that ask me for a super bill. So I provide a receipt that is called a super bill and they can send in to their insurance and try to get reimbursement. But I have no, I have no control over that. So whether they get reimbursement or not is not up to me. They already paid me. And because they're paying, they're way more a part of the treatment 
they, they care about it so much more. Their money is actually invested into this rather than a $30 copay and just put ultrasound on me and rub me. And I'm going to come in three times a week. No one needs to come in three times a week unless you're post-op and you actually, and you need to deal with some immediate symptoms involving swelling and edema. But unless if you've had chronic pain, you don't need to be coming to someone three times a week. It's not necessary. So you know, really learning why insurance, if it's going to help, and if a client really needs it, sure, but understand and getting a patient involved enough to care about their own treatment and know that they're worth investing into and they're worth the money that it is to spend with a, a person who actually is going to invest their time into it as well. Because most of the people who are not taking insurance are spending more time than a clinic that takes insurance and is running patients through every 15, 20 minutes. So what do you want? Do you want just the, the typical treatment, working with an aide mostly who doesn't really know exercise, working, working through you know, modalities and, and ultrasounds that may or may not work, laser treatment may or may not work, only addressing the symptom, or are you gonna work with someone who's actually gonna evaluate you head to toe, get to know you on a deeper level, not pa rush past your story. I think as well in physical therapy school, you're taught, okay, you draw people back to their pain and their issue and how much pain they have and rate the level and, and get when it hurts and why it hurts and what the aggravating and easing factors are, but keep them away from story. We don't need the backstory. When in reality, we do. We need the backstory. When did that happen? Was it an accident? Is it a detrimental emotional issue that comes with this as well? That is pertinent to know. What is happening in their life? Are they taking care of 50 million people and working and doing this and doing that? Do they have time to take care of themselves? Will they actually do the exercises? A lot of physical therapists also like to blame the patient. Well, the patient didn't do the exercise. Well, it's not the patient. It's the fact that you didn't explain and, and let them feel why the exercises would be important, how they can actually implement that into their life. So we get to take a lot more responsibility in how we're actually treating humans and, and listening to a person as a whole, not pushing past. The number one reason a, a client will stay with you is based on how you make them feel, not how much you know. So learn how to be approachable, personable, care about people. And I think the gift that most physical therapists that I know have is that we do care so deeply. It's hard to even ask for money because we care so deeply and we want to just help people. So I love that about physical therapists in our field in general, but I think we do get to know our worth as well and know that personal trainers are charging more than you. Massage therapists are charging more than you and you have knowledge to help. So own that, really believe in that, and continue to learn and expand the mind and, and truly help people. You guys just opened up a rabbit hole, so sorry. No, that was great. That I, was so great. <laughs> I think a lot of people needed to hear that because yeah. it's kind of one of those hush-hush topics. And I mean, at least it's not talked about as much as I think it should yeah. be. And I think talking about that is so important. So you really brought up a great point and uh, it needed to be, it needed to be said. Yeah. We're going to have a whole podcast episode on that at some point, I'm sure. <laughs> yes. Yes. Hopefully but, 
<laughs> yeah, for sure. But where can we find you on social media and your website? And if anybody wants to sign up for the mobility method uh, for January of 2019. Yeah, so DocGenFit on Instagram, on Facebook, DocGenFit.com. I keep it very simple, very easy. Um, and then there's, um, there's a free challenge that begins January 2nd, and it goes through the 5th. It's DocGenFit.com slash SMF. 2019 because it's strong mobile free 2019 but if not there's always going to be more challenges there's always going to be more opportunities and my page is filled with information you can just scroll through and have fun on yeah so you'll put all the links in the show notes below for people to check you out because you have some amazing content and we appreciate you putting all of that out there and putting yourself out there thank you i appreciate you guys doing the same Thank you. Yes, so thank you. Have you on? I know we kind of took a long time, but we appreciate you taking the time out of your day to come on with us and just geek out on physical therapy stuff. Of course. Happy to do it. Thanks for listening to Gratitude, the grad school guide for student physical therapists. If you like our show and want to know more, check out our Instagram and Facebook page linked in the description.